Jim Henson breaks bad with possibly his best show ever. The Unabomber helps remove Elton John from the zeitgeist, and the big screen resurrects Rambo, but at the cost of Heath Ledger. This week on 30-20-10. Oh man, I hope that tease was lovely because I am incredibly excited about this episode. We have something super confusing. We have wonderful mm. movies that the world has forgotten. Uh, in a whole bunch of weird ass news. Welcome <laughs> to 302010, the internet's weekly pop culture time machine where we look 30, 20, and 10 years ago into the past. This week we are talking about the period of January 19th through the 25th, 1988, 1998, and 2000 of it. In 2008, <laughs> where were you? We're going to tell you what we were doing, what happened, uh, what things came out, what news happened. Love doing 302010, and that's why I'm Chris Antista, one of your hosts. I ran out of steam there, but someone else introduced themselves. I'm the bomb in T3, yo, Matt J. <laughs> uh, I'm combative vice president, Diana Goodman. I cannot wait to get to that because I refrain from using that in the intro because I have an embarrassing story about it. But a lot of forgettable and unforgettable things coming out in the period of January 19th to the 25th. And I cannot wait to get to it all. Starting as we always do on 302010, it's the year 1988. There, paint a picture for yourself. Uh, <laughs> Roger Rabbit's not out in theaters. Steven Spielberg is king of the world. And uh, Titanic is 10 years off. But <laughs> January 19th through the 25th, here is a little bit of news. The 25th, what is this? This is crazy. Uh, um, Vice President George H.W. Bush at the time <clears throat> uh, had a, a live interview with Dan Rather, they set up, and it got really combative really fast really because bush says and he says it repeatedly i thought you wanted to talk to me about how i'm running for president and i thought we could talk about values and jobs and education and all rather wants to talk about is did you know about iran contra <laughs> what did you know and when did you know it tell us what you knew this guy over here he testified he said you knew and they just it's nine minutes of just all I them. wanted was an unquestioning soapbox. Yeah. Come on, Mr. Rather. He gets, he gets Can I so finish? pissed <laughs> right away. Wow, I wonder if that's where some of the Carveyisms come from. This, uh, we have a little clip of it. You have said that if you had known, you said that if you had known this was an arms for hostages yes. swap, that you would have opposed it. You also said exactly. that, that you did me, not know ask, that may you... May I answer that? That wasn't right a question. It was yes, a statement. It was a statement. Let me ask the question, if I may, first. created this program as testified or stated publicly... He did not think it was arms for hostages. And that's it was only later that, and that's me. Because I went along with it. Because you know why, Dan? Because I that wasn't the question, when Mr. I Bush saw Mr., Mr. Buckley, uh, heard about Mr. Buckley being tortured to death, later admitted as the CIA chief. So if I erred, I erred on the side of trying to get those hostages out of there. Mr. And Vice the President, you set the, you set the, the rules Congress. for this, this talk here. I didn't mean to step on your line there. But you insisted that this be live, and you know exactly. that we have a limited amount of time. I, that's why I want to get now, my share in here the on president, something oof, other than... Oof, yeah, guys. Man, I forgot what a... Yeah, it really was like, can I finish? Can I finish? I forgot what a TV journalist looked like. <laughs> no, it was talking uh, Yeah, either, man. Exactly. Jesus. Uh, I love that he's talking to Bush on this giant CRT in like a big yeah. box. It looks like an old, it looks like a huge Apple II. It looks like it looks like a Pee Wee's Playhouse. Set. Yeah, that CRT is so weird. <laughs> that like, but it's this uh, shot reverse shot of like he's talking to he's the talking TV. to a television. Yeah. It looks like Jombie. You're talking to the television. 
That is so strange. Yet with with like less of a delay than modern newscasts. Yeah. 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 Uh, there's no no delay. That is so strange. Uh, but moving to the movies of 1988, January 19th to the 25th, uh, Good Morning Vietnam is rightfully number one at the box office. A really good showcase for Robin Williams. Yeah. We talked to it a couple weeks back. Yeah, it took it a couple weeks, but it's finally snuck up to number one. Yeah, um, but we have some movies I've never heard of that <laughs> hopefully Diana will fill us in on some information of. Is this the movie's title, Braddock? Missing in Action? Missing in Action 3. Yes. So they're trying to pull a Rambo. Yes. By making titling the movie after the main character. Oh, so like, was it Missing in Action 1 and 2? And I'm then guessing, mm-hmm. yeah. Braddock. But stars stars Chuck Norris and directed by his brother. I hope his Phil name Norris? is Buck Norris. <laughs> Buck Norris. <laughs> uh, but let's, we have a Chuck Norris trailer, so you know we got to play that. Braddock is. Canon films, bitch. Mm-hmm. We haven't had them in a while. Yeah. Saigon. 1975, Colonel James Braddock left behind more than memories. Your son's name is Van. He's alive. Now, 12 years later, he's not just a soldier going after the enemy. He's a father searching for his child. Oh, that this trailer's amazing. Track it down, people. He had a super boat that turned into a car. His Giles boat from the Street Fighter movie. Bad editing. His weenie super boat. That looks so (laughs) stupid. Oh, I love you, Chuck Norris. It looks like a jet ski they just put panels on to make it look like a bigger boat. (laughs) I'd say never change Chuck Norris, but we all know he's never there's no there's no progress happening within Chuck Norris. Yeah, he's still just as uh Republican as hell. Yeah, Five Corners, starring Tim Robbins, Jodie Foster, and John Turturro. An amazing cast for a film I've never heard yeah, of. What no, is this? It's like a, a, you know, back in the neighborhood kind of drama where John Turturro gets out of prison mm. and then he starts stalking the girl that he assaulted, which is Jodie Foster. And I'm not sure what Tim Robbins is doing there. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because you know the only kind of notable thing about it is it's written by john patrick shanley who wrote moonstruck which is a giant hit right now oh yeah mm-hmm. uh and this movie no one cares about oh yeah despite awesome cast nor do they care about this Kiefer sutherland meg ryan star promised land for Kiefer sutherland some people they just seem to know exactly where they're going meg ryan you dragged me out here and now you're saying i don't know what you're saying tracy pollen I wish I didn't have to grow up. And Jason Gedrick. Come back here, you don't have to. The road ahead seems to lead back home. Back to the promised land. Please! Wait! Promised land. (laughs) It's the end of January. Yeah. This is a Christmas movie. (laughs) Who fucked up that Uh, bad? uh, Yeah, so it was about... Two couples in a shitty town, and one couple, as Kiefer Sutherland and Meg Ryan, are like white trash criminally types, and then they run into this other couple, uh, Tracy Pollan, that's uh, Mrs. Michael J. Fox, mm-hmm. and some other guy that no one really remembers. And the only notable thing about this one is it's the first film produced out of the Sundance Film Festival. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's release date is 87, technically, but I guess it's hitting mainstream yeah, exactly. releases being dumped in nineteen early 1988. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, and you know that Kiefer Sutherland around Christmas decorations oh, never goes never. well. <laughs> what does he say? That video's like, look what I'm about to do. I, like, 
You're amazing, sir. I love you. <laughs> it's the best. Never stop doing Any that. Any other person, you'd be like, what an asshole. But him, you're like, that's yeah, what an asshole. That was awesome. <laughs> Jack Bauer just said he was going to jump a Christmas tree, and he did. <laughs> In a hotel lobby. Um, Some guy has to pick that up. He's not doing it. But yeah, we got to give the movie short shrift, because there's not much notable, nothing to, nothing to hang our hat on. Mm. TV might be a little different from 1988. Tell me, Matt. January yeah, 19th to the 25th, what's going on? This is an interesting week. Uh, well, 48 Hours premieres on that's CBS. crazy. Yeah, we're, uh, we're getting into the... The 24-hour news cycle where there's cable news and we got to compete by having prestige news. There's news all over the place. But this was, like, 60 Minutes is also CBS, right? Yeah. It's it's hosted by old people and hilarious to make fun of. It was number one in the ratings for fucking years, dominating Mm -hmm. any other scripted thing. And when you still look at it, like, oh, yeah, that's what real news looks like. Mm -hmm. A really thoroughly investigated piece (laughs) where people's feet are held to the fire. I don't know if that's still happening in 48 hours. I forget what format mm-hmm. that totally takes. Wait, was 60 Minutes CBS or ABC? No, it's CBS. I think it's CBS. What's the one that comes on after TGIF? Uh, <laughs> Night, Nightline with Ted Koppel? Might be Nightline. Night. Yeah, no idea. But uh, um, And then on the 22nd, uh, KYMA in Yuma, Arizona signs on the air. Uh, they bring ABC programming to the Yuma market, which uh, they hadn't had shit. it since 85. Holy shit. So they yeah. denied all of Perfect Strangers and... Yeah, uh, family matters. They're just not getting that. Maybe in that market they figured out some way to worm into weird. something else, but who knows? Uh, that's just so weird to be like out in Arizona where people are like, we can't send a signal that far. <laughs> You're the ones that live in the desert. Um, and then on the 22nd, oh, uh, Chris, an important show for you and me. This gets confusing, but I love that we get to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, cue the intro a little bit. When there. people told themselves their past with stories, explained their present with stories, foretold the future with stories, the best place by the fire was kept for the storyteller. Oh, yes. I'm getting fucking goosebumps. Look at that. Uh, John Hurt. John Hurt is a weird hobbit. So I would, R. I. P. D. as Hurt. a huge Jim Henson fan, mm-hmm. huge Jim Henson fan, love all of his stuff, his product, his movies. Um, outside of the resolution of this production, the storyteller holds up 1,000%. It's probably wow. the most solid TV thing he made outside of The Muppet yes. Show. And once again, like... I. I love the Jim Henson biography that came out a few years ago. I've read That's it almost twice, and they they talk about they talk about like how like it's one of those things like Star Wars where the whole world was wrong. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to produce a Muppet show, and he had to go to England. Had to go to England for and it. get financing for it. And instead of it being on a network, which he pitched to multiple times, and they all said no, it ends up running in syndication and becomes the highest rated thing on fucking TV ever during those last couple of years of the 70s like mm-hmm. insane he he doesn't it's not necessarily in its prime but it was his idea to like yeah i think i think the show's run its course after five years i want to make a movie so he just shut down this mm-hmm. profitable show because that's an idea for this otter that's who mm-hmm. jim henson was like a, an idea man at, that's like under describing him mm-hmm. and i think in my opinion this is the jim henson and his company giving him one last shot to be a walt disney type yeah. And it's just like mm-hmm. throw a, a bunch of your name ideas. we put yeah. in front of things and And for Americans, this debuted I think a year later on the Jim Henson Hour. It's very confusing. Which, so we have it on we just decided to put it on this date because on one of our resources it said that it aired mm-hmm. on this date, but you and I talked about it earlier, like we, it, we it can't tell. The storyteller could have aired in England. Yeah. Uh because yeah. that's who financed it to begin with. We did not get it as a show with an intro. Until HBO in like mm-hmm. the late, like the mid 90s. Yeah, something like that. Before that, like you said, it was a segment on the Jim Henson Hour, which was like his last big TV it's thing. It's crazy. It's just a Jim Henson pre- presents. What are your ideas? It was confusing for a kid because sometimes it's Jim Henson talking to a fucking lion. Yeah. And then it's other times Kermit's now. there. 
as, as a every other episode was like a weird modern Muppet show. And then sometimes he was like, let's just let's just go to the Jim Henson factory. And yeah. Look at, like, yeah. Oh, let's look let's around. Let's go to the creature shop. This is a little red puppet that nobody can make. Uh, it's an amazing show that's like just lost in the all you have are what some beautiful people uploaded to YouTube. Jim Henson Hour is really cool. but the, It's crazy. The storyteller is John Hurt narrating these beautiful, beautiful fairy tales. Like all, I think, what's the word here? Like literally translated from a bunch of Hungarian and German mm-hmm. and like all over the world they're these myths recreated mm-hmm. with half an hour with beautiful puppetry and scenes it's just stunning I love the storyteller and, and the like, storyteller is like sometimes a character like in this yes. one it, it's called a story short and it's about the storyteller uh, he comes upon a castle and he's mm-hmm. poor and a beggar mm-hmm. and he basically makes a deal that he can live in the castle and and be taken care of if he tells the guy a story every day and then it's the last day of their deal and he has That's no right. more stories so he's going to be boiled in oil but <laughs> then a uh, like a weird other beggar comes in and he you know to learn to that guy's life and uses that as the story. I remember I remember I met a girl at a party and I just told her an episode of the storyteller and she was like enthralled. And that episode was I think the canonically the first episode the soldier and death about a man oh, who captures yes. death. Yes. That is, is a, so what is freaking this? good. A sack. Now get in it. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> it's amazing. It used to be on Netflix. There's a DVD out there. It's only 12 episodes. They're all perfect. It's on Filmstruck. Is uh, it? A bunch oh, of old Henson stuff was just put on there, including Dog City and a bunch of his old Dog shorts. Dog City also airing during in the, the Jim Henson hour, eventually. Yeah. It was just this this place for Jim Henson to dump ideas other people wouldn't pay him to make shows of. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it's depressing and weird, but I, I would love more than anything if the world got together and we get a crisp 240p copy of the <laughs> Jim Henson hour on some DVD He's somewhere. the ultimate example of why, like government-funded mm-hmm. television and media, mm-hmm. you know, works. Like that's that's the only way we could get stuff like that out of England yeah. is because that they're all run by the BBC yep. and that kind of stuff. Whereas here, you have to convince some dude in a suit uh, who it, you know. it is crazy, and it all belongs to all these other networks that aren't ABC and Disney. So it's all just all up in the air. It's mm. fucking nuts. It was hard oh, to find for a long time. But the storyteller, man, I cannot recommend that enough. I hope it's not out of print because it's. I think if Everybody loves Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be invested in Kermit and Fozzie and Piggy. It's just a really cool fantasy movie. That's what the storyteller is. Digestible yeah. Twilight Zoney chunks of, of it Labyrinth. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, with beautiful Henson, Henson creature works. Yeah, yeah. some really stuff cool yeah, puppets. Brian Henson and, is the uh, dog who's not Sprocket. <laughs> I remember there being pretty neat makeup effects. The two yeah. episodes I remember are... <clears throat> Oh yeah, the the soldier who captures death, mm-hmm. and there's one that's sort of like the princess and the frog was with a hedgehog, and the hedgehog yes. can take his quills off. A human and hedgehog, he's like a guy now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that, really weird. This, it's it's a fantastic show. Like light a dube, watch yourself the storyteller. <laughs> Spark up a dube. I'm telling you, in the, uh, like as uh, last week we talked about in the '90s, the Golden Globes aired, but mm-hmm. this week in the in the '80s it aired. Um, Golden Globes movies, Last Emperor, Hope and Glory. Um, what's that mean? Um, Last Emperor won for Best Picture Drama, Hope and Glory for Best Picture That's right. Musical or Comedy, which it's mostly a comedy. I like Get Out? Yeah. <laughs> or The, the Martian. Martian. Or it's like, well, there's laughs in it, so well, I easy. guess it's a that comedy. That Johnny Depp movie where it's, they're on a train. It's super easy to shit on the Golden Globes, and I have. Oh, yes. But it it is the technically the award show you want to see. There's technically, It's the one to watch. There's the one you want to watch yeah. that you don't care about the awards. There's technically no point for there to be gendered actor and actresses roles. But yeah. the reality is we all want to see more awards for actors, <laughs> and that's the way they decided to split it up. So I don't know that it'll ever change. It yeah. doesn't really make sense I think, anymore. I think it's fair mm-hmm. because acting in a comedy is different than acting totally. in a drama. 
Totally. And I got, I almost wish that the Oscars would at least go for like a best comedy. They need a comedy category, category. so hard. The Oscars just, hate just comedies. One. Yeah. Because they never give them to comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems it seems like I think they, there's like the tertiary leeway they gave to like okay, fine, we'll have an animation category. Which sucks. Yeah. And it sort of sucks. It's where they nominate movies the Oscars doesn't want to don't want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> they they just they take uh, a beautiful wonderful art form and just ghettoize <laughs> it into its own little thing. Uh, and it, Pixar won. Or Shrek. Yeah. Moving on. Pixar always win. It's always like, which do you want the new Shrek movie or the new Pixar movie to win? Yeah. yeah but what about your name? Nah. Who yeah, gives a so, shit? Something in the something in the nominees will pop up and be like Secret of the Kells, and it'll be like, yeah. what the hell was that? Was oh that? my yeah. god, it's amazing. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the actor awards. Uh, Michael Douglas won for Wall Street, and Robin Williams for Good Morning Vietnam for yeah. a comedy. Uh, Sally Kirkland for Anna, a depressing movie that. I have hard trouble tracking down and Cher won for Moonstruck Bernardo Bertolucci won for Best Director for The Last Emperor and TV mm-hmm. uh, LA Law won for Drama Golden Girls won for Comedy so good night for NBC and there were no wow. cable nominees anywhere huh wow contrast that to when we get to 2008 yeah, I'm, oh, yeah. Try- I'm trying to remember the like basically to me Cable being a powerhouse starts with Oz slash Sopranos. I'm trying to remember what year that is. Yeah, exactly. A very good book about there. that uh, yeah. by Alan Seppenwall. There is? Uh, yeah, a book called uh, The Revolution Was Televised, where mm-hmm. each chapter is just one of the shows that helped build mm-hmm. this golden age of television. And the first, the intro is Oz, where he's like, Oz isn't quite there yet. It doesn't get its own chapter, but it's in the intro. And then Sopranos. But it's HBO figuring out what it can make. Like, you yeah. can do anything you, can do whatever you want on this channel. And, yeah. and it's yeah. nice. It'll book in the episode. But I think, a naked with lady. Another yeah. high point in television mm-hmm. yep. that changed the landscape. When we get to the end of this program, We're going to talk about it just in a little bit. But uh, uh, also on the 24th, Married with Children episode, Build a Better Mousetrap airs. Where there's a mouse in the house and Al basically ruins the house trying to catch it because it's emasculating him because he can't catch it. Uh, we have a clip of him talking about what he's going to do when he catches that mouse. Not only will I kill this mouse, I'll torture it. I'll smack him around. I'll throw it against the wall. And if there's one spark of life left in its twitching little body... I'll strap it to a chair, tape its eyelids open, and make it watch 30-something. <laughs> oh, Al. <laughs> That's like 30, 20, 10, the clip. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Very then uh, on the 24th, uh, what is this? The Murder of Mary Fagan? It's a, a two-night TV movie, The Murder of Television Mary movie Fagan. Event. With, I mean, it's based on a true story, but this is freaking cast. Jack Lemon, baby Kevin Spacey, baby Peter Gallagher, Charles S. Dutton, William H. Macy. Man, Kevin Spacey's young enough that he'd want to fuck himself. <laughs> this is, uh, we're Christ. actually just a little bit after the wow. unpleasantness apparently happened. Oh, wow, okay. Literally yeah, we're gonna like have to, a year, maybe. And in, in post, we'll replace his name with Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer. <laughs> this is, we have an Australian trailer for this yeah, television this movie is event. Pretty good. A television one miniseries. You are all I have ever needed. The Murder of Mary Franken. Over two nights, starring Jack Lemmon. Leo Frank is sentenced to hang for the murder of a 13-year-old girl. Tell them the truth! I'm innocent! And the state governor is risking his life to change Frank's sentence. It's a toss-up whether they try to lynch Leo Frank or me first. The murder of Mary Fagan. This is a true story of love, honor, hatred, and tragedy. The murder of Mary Fagan. Coming- <laughs> wow. I love it. I love old trailers. Oh, man. But that wraps up the television this week and not a lot of notable stuff for games as of yet. Um, no, everyone's playing their games like that for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. That's my Metal Gear. But uh, we will have uh, an extremely notable one in the next segment. So, people, mm. I want you to stay tuned because uh, we're closing out 1988 right now, January 19th to the 25th. Um, but, oh, 
this is important. The 15th annual Music Awards airs on the 25th. Um, Rock and Roll of Fame. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees include the Beach Boys, the Beatles, the Drifters, Bob Dylan, and the Supremes. Was this the first year? No. It's <laughs> Why like, did you not nominate the Beatles? It's like the third year. I feel like the first couple of years. We're saving it. They, they like, <laughs> it's too easy. Let's it's not. I mean, obviously, yeah. we got to start with like Elvis and Chuck Berry. It's too and, easy, and they're mostly still alive. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean... The Drifters can come, but they have to bring their own food. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, also new releases this week. So far, so good. So what? By Megadeth, uh, which managed to chart with zero radio play? Yeah, no one Probably. plays right. Megadeth. Based on an awesome album cover, I'm going to yeah. guess. Uh, and Taylor Dane's Tell It To My Heart, which will get a ton of radio play. It, I didn't recognize her name, and just that title I Tell got. it to my heart. Mm-hmm. Do you know her from that amazing Tig Notaro bit? Um, no. <laughs> Look it up. It's no. great. Just Tig Notaro just keeps meeting Taylor Dane for some reason. But we <laughs> got to go out. We 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 got to go out. With George Harrison's Got My Mind Set on You, which is based on one phrase said repeatedly over and over and over I, again. I hate that this is George Harrison's most popular song. He it's put nuts. out so many better solo I, songs. My father. This is a cover. And it is six words long, just like Al Yankovic said. And it's so, <laughs> so, so dumb. It's I hate technically this one of the most expensive music videos of all time. That's yeah. part of it as well. A bunch of animatronic stuff in a house singing a song with George Harrison, who my father and Martin Scorsese seem to agree has the best solo career of any Beatle. I agree. Uh, just, yeah. just the yeah. least sung. We'll go with Got My Mind Set on You by George Harrison, and we'll see you once again in 1998. I got my mind set on you. I got my mind set. People, this is exciting news. Do you hear that song? It's Savage Garden, Truly Madly Deeply, which can only mean one thing. The reign of John is over. Yay! Yay! Candle in the Wind is knocked out of number one. Oh, it's, it feels Thank like Thank you, Savage Garden. The whole year was dominated by Candle 14, in the Wind. 14 weeks. Holy shit. 14 oh. weeks. Remember, Princess Di- died at the end of August. Wow. 97. I, oh, please tell me it does not come back next Have week. Have I... Was I here the first week? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know I don't if I know. was. It, it may, yes, it may have outlived you, uh, even on 30, 2010. But Elton John, uh. if you're just listening, Elton John's Candle and Wind 97 tribute to Princess Diana. R.I.P. Baby. Um, that that dominated the charts for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful we don't have to talk about it Finally. after this. Finally. Thank you, Savage Garden. Uh, Truly Madly Deeply is a, it's a good song, I guess. And I, w- I was yeah. listening to the radio. They still play Candle in the Wind. They just don't play that version anymore. Yeah. They've reverted back to the old version. Mm-hmm. There was recently a question on uh, the, the, pop, the mm-hmm. huge hit trivia app HQ, mm-hmm. which Jimmy Kimmel just talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a big deal now. Um, they uh, asked a question that was like, what song did he play at the, it was like the 10th or 20th anniversary of Princess Di, and it wasn't Candle in the Wind, really? so it was like one of those, they say it's a savage question when like more than half of the people got knocked off because mm. they answered the question wrong. Mm. But truly, madly, deeply, we salute you. Savage Garden, 
hats off, people, for Thank knocking you. Elton John yeah. down. Thank you for being a one-hit wonder. Yeah, uh, but there are new releases. My Secret Passion by the Arias. Uh, no, Mike, My Secret Passion, the, the Arias, Arias by, by Michael, Michael Bolton. <laughs> I swear, if Truly Madly Deeply hadn't knocked uh, hadn't knocked uh, off Kindle and Wind to number one, we would have come in with Michael Bolton singing Nessun Dorma. Because Michael Bolton singing Italian opera is... He puts that Michael Bolton spin on it, baby. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Ave Maria. I don't even know what an aria is. Uh, But other than a Game of Thrones character, (laughs) you should just read all these music things. These words don't make any sense Uh, to me. Johnny Halliday's... uh, Is it... Yeah, or I guess that's what uh-huh. and the that's next one? what I think. Um, <laughs> are yeah. you spungled by Spungle? Spungle, Spungle time. No one told me. And uh, Vainglory Opera by Ed Guy. What? What is any of this exactly? Like, this well, sounds like this a, is the January release. Are these jizz musicians from uh, the Cantina? <laughs> musicians. Yeah, that's yeah. that's yeah. the that's the genre of music well, in Star look, you Wars. You know, Michael Bolton is going the you know the classics route where he decides. Well, what if I just put out pre-existing stuff? How yeah. about opera music? And my cornball and, horseshit isn't flying on the radio. And I don't know <laughs> yeah. about Spongle or Ed Guy, but uh, Johnny Halliday is the French Elvis or Frelvis. And uh, he literally just <laughs> passed away like a couple weeks ago. So uh-huh. I, I got some Johnny Halliday music we go out with if and you it, want. Yeah. We, if, and if we didn't talk about it, people, we are in 1998, January 19th through the 25th of 1998. That is yes. why the music sounds this way. And I just really need you guys in a 1998 mood because this is going to get weird. Right. We approach the news, January 22nd. Ted Kaczynski pleads guilty and accepts a life sentence. He is yeah. the Unabomber, right? Yes. Uh, Looks portrayed like wonderfully like by Will Ferrell. I love his DDI <laughs> depiction. Oh my God, I forgot about a that. A really sweet Ted Kaczynski. <laughs> yeah, with the chains on and the... Yes. He wants to be nice to people. And his empty stare. It's just wonderful. Just playing that weird, that, that Will Ferrell-like down-home you know, country it, guy. It might be plays. my favorite Will Ferrell. It's just, when you think of Will Ferrell's... SNL characters, it's like it's nothing like what he does now. Mm. Alex Trebek mm. and <laughs> Ted well, that's Kaczynski. the thing. And they would always uh, this. Now we're on a tangent, but they would always talk about when he first got there. They were like, "Who's this regular ass guy? Who's like <laughs> who? What, he's gonna play like husbands and sketches?" And then they get would, like the they'd like get a beer with him and be like, "This is the weirdest guy I've ever met in my life." <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the Unabomber uh, goes to jail. I forget yep. exactly the because de- he was mailing bombs. Yes, is that yeah. what he was doing with yeah. with notes and writing the paper and was of course eventually well, caught. Well, he wrote the paper. His thing was, I'll stop sending bombs if you print my uh, my. Manifesto. My manifesto. He wanted to blow up like big corporations, right? Wasn't it always like yeah. hotels and Kmart yeah, and stuff? You're right. That no, was an well, SNL was... joke because they released yeah. a picture of what he might look like, and I think Norm Macdonald and police immediately arrested Weird Al. Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> uh, who, uh, yeah, no, he went after uh, universities and airlines first. That's where he got okay. Una mm. Bomber. Um, but oh, yeah, I, I mean, that. it was it's it sort means of one bomber. <laughs> it, it was like sort of vaguely environmental uh, kind of a yeah. thing. And I mean, he was, I mean, he's a genius who just had an awful lot of problems. But yeah, <laughs> he went to Harvard, didn't uh, he, or something like I think that? Harvard, Berkeley. I think he taught at Berkeley for a while. I, I mean, he was he's a, a genius that started seeing conspiracies that may or may not exist and having other problems. and so Or saw the deep state before any of us did. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, he starts uh, trying to blow people up. He kills a couple of them. That's, that, and, that's terrific. And then they... Well, <laughs> that's, but there was a great debate about, like, should we print this guy's manifesto? Mm. And it turned out, actually, yeah, that helped catch him because mm-hmm. 
his brother recognized all these phrases from the manifesto and was oh. like, this sounds like Ted, here's where he is. I thought you were like, at this one Seven Eleven, all the newspapers sold out because <laughs> he was so excited. <laughs> uh, moving to the movies of 1998, the releases between January 19th through the uh, 25th. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I should have got that clip. Uh, ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. Yeah, he was. I liked Kevin Smith movies so much. I went and saw Phantoms mm-hmm. in the yeah. theater because of Ben Affleck, and that feels very strange. Ben Affleck doesn't motivate me to do one thing or another now, not a, <laughs> but uh, especially not now. I love chasing Amy so much. I went. This is my only exposure at, at all to Dean Koontz anything. Oh. Phantoms, uh, and that movie comes out right now. Last night, something paid a visit to the town of Snowfield, Colorado. Hundreds of thousands missing. No bodies, no graves, no witnesses. We've always worried that the terror would come from above. What if it came from below? It's nothing. It's an ooze movie. Why is it called Phantoms? It's not about ghosts? No, it's not about ghosts, but this ooze that comes from the ground. And it's kind of a bunch of shitty effects. I just remember being like, wasn't even that discerning a movie going like this is terrible <laughs> this is ter- it, Ben Affleck's only in it for a very small amount of time but is he the bomb in it he is the bomb in films right. that's, that's a Jane Silent Bob Strike Back reference yes. I believe they keep uh, saying that throughout the movie including Ben Affleck says it about himself yes it kind of blows my mind that Ben Affleck and Rose McGowan and Liv Schreiber yeah. were in a movie with Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole. <laughs> what is he doing in this movie? Being old yeah, getting ready to die off debt leaving money to his family uh, yeah this this movie always sounds like if my like my mom being pejorative to a band that like what's that crap you like slapping the stinkers no it's a real thing it's a Cat movie Beach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters was, <laughs> <laughs> you almost did a little uh, Stephen and Stevens on there uh, I'm a little Stevens on uh, Bronson Ben Show Jennifer Coolidge I have no, what I forget what anything about this but <gasps> are you looking for someone to play with. <laughs> Someone to be friends with. Yuck, see you later, Someone who knows how to stay cool. Way cool. Then join Slappy. That is one big gopher. <laughs> and the Stinkers. Nobody needs you or not. That man's taking Slappy. Oh my god, this seems insufferable. Uh, why is this called Slapping the Stinkers and not just Slappy? Yeah, not just Slappy. Okay, so I have a theory about this. That okay. we need a fucking SEAL movie every five years? Well, that's Okay, so I think it's uh, Free Willy and Flipper mm-hmm. and shark movies and stuff are big. And what's the cheapest thing that can go on land and water that we can rent for eight days? Yeah. A seal, I bet. I bet that seal's only in three scenes. Of I only recommend one seal movie, and it has the most wonderfully dated title of all time. Batman Forever. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, Disney's Sammy the Way Out Seal. Yeah, exactly. That seal is way out. Because, and mostly because it's there's like the sequence of the seal swimming in the pool with kids in a way you just know would be illegal to do <laughs> nowadays, to have a, a live seal swimming around with children in a small confined space where you could just tear them underwater, which we have seen them do. Oh, uh, yeah. Dude, their teeth are sharp enough to rip fish in half. Yeah. I, like, I love seals, and I I wish I could cuddle them forever. <laughs> um, well, they stink and they're loud and they're gross. I wish I could swim like them. I want to be reincarnated as one, mm-hmm. but I actually don't want to touch one, no. I forgot about that <laughs> seal clip until uh, they were, you know, I was watching all the, like, best memes of the year mm-hmm. videos or like best fails of the year and I saw that clip of that girl getting ripped into the water it, it's again. It's insane. It's mm-hmm. one of the most insane clips on the yeah. net. It was the it was almost exactly a year ago. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, that and uh, yeah, I, Andre is another Seal movie. They do oh, make. Yeah. Seal That's the one I was. I couldn't think of the title. That's the one that I yeah. see the most. Uh, but I love same the way. It has a great dog sequences where he the Seal lets out a billion dogs into a grocery store, and it's just like. <laughs> Ooh, this is animal cruelty, but like this is the, one of the most insane things I've ever seen filmed. I don't know why I recorded it. We I talked previously about didn't have cable, recorded every episode of the Wonderful World of Disney, and they were just recycling their crap from like twenty years ago. And I see I it every week on up. the TV stuff, and I'm like, I want to talk about this, but we just yeah. Did. Is Kurt yeah. Russell in that? No, baby sadly Kurt Russell. No. Yeah. Uh, Swept from the Sea is a movie that also comes out with Vincent Perez and Rachel Weisz. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's is it actually Vice. It's an adaptation of a Joseph Conrad story that mm. looked oh. really pretty but actually the reviews were like this is kind of land and lifeless so <laughs> i'm sure it was supposed to come out uh, in december for prestige time and mm. then it the reviews were not yeah good. let's not just, just push let's not hitch our horse to the to this movie right now instead we got to unleash the curve on the audience oh starring matthew gosh. lillard uh michael varton uh randall Belikov, and carrie russell i've this, never heard of this i hadn't either but i kind of want to watch it now yeah, in a yeah. weird way it's got a lot of it's got a lot of ideas all at once. <laughs> Let me just say that. Just read the right. clip and I'll explain. I've told Ryan to keep streaming people like that. Somebody's going to throw them off a cliff or something. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I think my roommate might be suicidal. Maybe you could tell me what signs I should be looking for. All right. How about listening to depressing music? Anyone in particular? Suzanne Vega, The Smiths, The Cure. You guys know we have a sale on Joy Division? Let's do this. No sides. The university would like to extend the offer of an automatic 4.0. We want to do everything we can to help you through this. The local police would like to have a word with both of you. Was he upset that night? Is this a non-comedy version of Dead Man on Campus? Yeah. That urban legend that you automatically get all A's if your college roommate commits suicide? Yes. That's, that's it's a thing. Matt, yeah, I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. I know, I know that movie. Uh, I think it's one. It might be MTV's first movie, uh, uh, Dead Man on Campus. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, so this is it's a thriller version of that. Um, but there's also a lot of double crossing and triple crossing and trying to frame each other. Maybe it was all a setup to begin with. Oh, this and, looks bad. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't look <laughs> good. Like just watching the trailer, you feel like you watch the whole movie and you feel like, oh yeah, I get it. But at the same time, it does look like a really good 98 time capsule. So Shirtless Matthew Lillard. If this movie, well, yeah. Uh, if this movie came out just a little bit later, uh, mm-hmm. after something we're going to talk about in a minute, that guy, I bet the all the headlines would be about that guy who's not Matthew Lillard, mm-hmm. and they would call him James Blanderbeek. Because <laughs> he looks like a crappy, uh, blonde, bleach blonde James Vanderbeek. We can't vouch for the curve, but uh, you're going to love the next movie. It has Tom Berenger. Um, <laughs> none other than John Grisham's The Gingerbread Man. Ugh. What the fuck, Why Di? Why is it called this? This is it's, not the Gary Busey it's one. one no. of the worst titles I've ever seen, uh, but with an insane cast and directed by Robert Altman. Yeah. Oh, whoa. Hell? Hell? No, it's Kenneth Branagh, M. Beth Davids, Robert Downey Jr., Daryl Hannah, Tom Berenger, and Robert Duvall. This looks ridiculous. If I you, I damn sure find myself a good lawyer. <laughs> the oh. poopy guy. 
Every, um, everyone watch that trailer because that's what I was laughing at was a shot of Robert Duvall spinning around in the rain and his gross wet dreads oh. flipping around his yeah, face. He, he and then like they a, just a kept thin, playing it. It looks like a thin Jesse Ventura. <laughs> it, like, Jesus Christ. What the fuck is oh, this? Oh, man. The first like quarter mm. of this trailer is all about John Grisham. You mm. love John Grisham. Mm. He wrote a bunch of books and You'll they made movies out of anything we adapt by John Grisham. And this one he wrote directly for the screen. Oh, really? Why the fuck would you call your movie The Gingerbread Man if it's supposed to be a legal thriller. <laughs> yeah. And why would Robert Altman, why would Robert Altman decide Altman, to do this? Was he in debt? <laughs> I do, there's two gambling, running... Gambling losses, maybe. I, I don't... There's two running themes now. Just last mm-hmm. week, I asked who M. Beth Davids was from, from another thing. Yeah. And uh, it's another uh, unknown Robert Altman movie, which we yeah. just talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, it just it, it seems like so generic. Like, why would you do this? Exactly. But I guess we, we talked about last year, Coppola making The Rainmaker. Like, yeah. if you're an aging director and you want a can't-fail movie franchise, adapt something by John Grisham. Yeah. Um, He's reading yeah. Ye Firm. That'll take Ye. us out of uh, movies, and we'll step into television of 1998. Just January play that first the clip. 25th, and you got to hear this, people. There it is. Wasn't this just one of we the... We just played this. This song is on the charts already before really? this show debuts. <clears throat> so it just sort of lucked out into getting a charting hit for Dawson's Creek. Yep. <laughs> Dawson's Creek, again... I never had the WB. This phenomenon, I never saw it, never could. I didn't watch it when it first came on because I didn't care about shows like this, but I eventually yeah. caught it in a uh, bit in reruns later. It ran for six seasons, 128 episodes. Huh? The show rules. It's Does? so Yeah, it's like so silly. Is this, and... is this from Kevin Williamson, the guy who yeah. made Scream? And, uh... yeah. yeah. And it feels like that without stabbings. Like, it's... <laughs> It's got that kind of like wry humor. It's got stuff in it like you know the the kid who sleeps with his teacher and mm-hmm. like it's 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 this sets the template for what the WB huh. brand will be and what teen shows will be for years. Like the OC, huh. One Tree mm-hmm. Hill, all these shows sprang out of the success of this show. Yeah, every time one of those new networks launches, they tend to try and like lean heavily on an untapped demographic. Like mm-hmm. uh, and, and and WB and CW were like all teen focused. Yeah, and yeah. it was weird missing out on that. And then they eventually merged into CW, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they are now. <laughs> UPN. Um, you UPN, said, sorry, UPN, UPN yeah. and WB merged right. into the CW. Yes, they they both became and, the CW, and it was it's always was funny when watching. Uh, if you watch old commercials for the WB, mm-hmm. they were always about like what a hip cool party WB is, and it's all except for like WWWB, like Mission J Frog. But the yeah. other the other commercials are like all the stars hanging out on the back lot with all these lights and the WB oh, signs, yeah. and they're always having a cool no, I party. Saw, I would see that in like Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then it's like you'd be like. That's Angel and the guys from Mission Hill. Like, like not all your shows fit this brand. Uh, or the Wayanses. <laughs> they, they would not be at this party. If we, we're going to go chronologically here, but we'll move back back to the mainstream a little bit with Frasier. Yes, uh, the Frasier episode. This is a classic episode. It's mm-hmm. called The Zoo Story. Uh, where Frazier gets a new agent because he's feuding with BB one of the many times that would happen with mm-hmm. his agent who's a bit overbearing and he eventually sleeps with. Uh, he gets a new agent who's kind of a wimp and even his dad's like, don't let this guy be your agent. He's a wimp. And, and Frazier's like, no, he's a great agent. And the guy's big plan to help Frazier out is to have a ceremony at the Seattle Zoo where they have an actual crane named after Frasier. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Which is like a joke somebody making fun of Frasier would do. It, it but sounds Frasier... like something the internet would name a crane. Exactly, the, yes. Bodie McBoface or Frasier Crane. <laughs> Craney McCrane face. 
but it's that's the kind of show Frasier is, where it's this very smart show, but it's also like Frasier's to deal with the dumbest shit in the world, and it's his fault always. And we have a clip here. Frasier, you told me this was a pretty big deal. Are you sure you want to send in that mouseketeer? Well, why does everybody assume that in order to be an agent, you have to be some sort of unscrupulous huckster? It is possible for a good and decent man to be every bit as intimidating as the toughest shark out there. Well, time to skedaddle. <laughs> I have to pick up a friend. Uh, poor guy just went bankrupt, so I'm lending him bunk in our rumpus room for a while. Well, it's awfully generous of you. Well, he's not just a friend. He's a client. <laughs> oh, Frazier. Oh, Frazier. Oh, good lord. Uh, Frazier's a great show. So we have a couple of things. Uh, real, quick, uh, real quick, I just want to mention, on the 21st, the, ep- the third Rock from the Sun episode, The Great Dictator aired... It's just a great there title. There are so many dick jokes in 30 Rock they, titles. They always had either Tom, Dick, or Harry, because those are the three men, yeah. but it's almost always Dick. Mm-hmm. I, it might always yeah. be the name Dick they put in there, because they come to Earth, and they want to have human names, so they pick Tom, Dick, and Harry. I never noticed that. Me neither. You didn't? No. Yeah. Tom, Dick, and Harry. Well, it was Tommy. I think that might throw uh, you off. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, JGL. Yeah. Uh, on the 21st, the Spin City episode, the Paul Lasseter story airs where the mayor, once he's writing a book, and he's having trouble writing it, so he gets a celebrity to help him. But before that, throughout the episode also, Mike, played by Michael J. Fox, learns that he might have cancer, uh, which is a very serious plot line that played out a little bit throughout the season. Oh, Doc, I got cancer. This is the worst thing that'll ever happen to me. (laughs) All this plutonium next to my brain. (laughs) It's not that cancer, it's butthole cancer, but we can hear a clip talking about it right here. Well, I've been thinking about it a lot. You know, I, I think it's a good thing. That's the most self-aware I've been in years. It's a, it's a wake-up call to how I've been living my life. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. You're lying. I know. So scared I want to wet myself. But I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking guitar twang. I like, I like that they hold... Like, there's a little, a couple little jokes in there, but they hold the laugh because it's a serious moment until yeah. he makes a joke about his prostate <laughs> not letting him be. Wow. Uh, and then, of course, we have another clip where the mayor gets someone who's famous for book writing who's also a celebrity to come and help him out. So okay. we can say famous. I'm going to try and guess here. A famous author. Yes. So, Danielle Steele. No? Uh, no, mm. you'll you'll see from the clip. Okay, it's, okay. I mean, you might not even know who it is. He's here. Oh, uh, listen, I have kind of a pressing appointment, but I thought you might run into a roadblock, so I asked someone to drop by. Mike? Oh. Huge applause Hello. break. Donald. Mr. Trump here wrote The Art of the Deal. Then he wrote a new bestseller, The Art of the Comeback. Two books. Wow. <laughs> well, sit down. <clears throat> you want to talk? <laughs> I don't know what is. Well, he, sit, he sits down in the mayor's chair. That's the joke. Well, that must have been <laughs> tough coming up with that much material. No. <laughs> Fuck him. Asshole! <laughs> that is They're... our president guest starring. No, I'm, I'm not yelling at the president. I'm yelling at the mayor who oh. was in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> the, uh, or was I? <laughs> Diana loves Fish Called Wanda, so that's what that she's doing. Too. Nobody, no one's getting political. God, I know, I know. Spin I City is uh, one of the most underrated is it? 90s yeah, I don't know anything about it. It was a cute show. It was, it was, it was show. A, it's a totally solid show. It's, it's, mm-hmm. It gets pretty political. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had the president on, so it has to. Because it takes place in New York City Hall about the mayor. Uh, Michael J. Fox eventually leaves. Charlie Sheen takes over for him. Mm. Charlie Sheen gives probably his best TV performance on this show he's, he's actually really good on it Michael J. Fox it's like the last big thing he did uh, yeah. he left because of the Parkinson's yep. and he comes back once in a while but he's always doing something to oh, he does, hide he it does, he does Fox Mulder 
uh, <laughs> the yes. show once Charlie Sheen takes over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. He ends up coming back once in a uh, this, while. This excites me. Is this two nights in a row? Yes. So the Buffy? the 19th and 20th two-part Buffy episodes Surprise and Innocence air. Uh, it's Buffy's 17th birthday. Mm-hmm. And if you're a fan of Buffy, you know that if it's Buffy's birthday, something bad's going to happen. That's a mm-hmm. recurring thing throughout the seasons. But this is a huge episode. So it we is. we recently talked about a Buffy episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is when the show is like really great. Like this it starts is, getting really This is good. when it really starts ticking up and mm-hmm. becoming and great like the the middle to the end of season two and then season three is when it becomes the classic amazing show yeah. that we know it as so next year next season i'm definitely gonna bring up buffy a lot because that season, season three is crazy but this is buffy's 17th birthday but uh spike and drusilla summon the judge who's the big bad of the season where he's this demon who's been separated by all his body parts like his limbs and they have to bring all his limbs together mm-hmm. and then once you bring them together he gets summoned which is also uh, the plot of one of the scenarios of the board game. If you're playing, if you're playing the bad guys, you have to collect all the body parts and put them in the same square. Uh, but this is a great episode, and it sets up a lot of huge through lines that will happen throughout the show, including Oz and Willow have their first date, uh, which brings up Seth one Green, of the, werewolf and yes, future he's not a werewolf which, yet. Yeah. That happens later, uh, and they have one of the longest relationships in the show. And then yeah, eventually Willow uh, realizes she's a lesbian. Angel loses his soul, and then he becomes Angelus, mm-hmm. which he becomes the big bad of the season, pretty much. Uh, and then he eventually goes on to have his own show next year, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Jenny's hidden motives are revealed. She's a character who's becoming a friend of theirs, and then turns out she's a bad guy. Uh, Spike and Drew, uh, Drusilla, are established as worthy worthy adversaries, allowing Spike's eventual return, uh, which would happen throughout the, in the next season. He's not in it much, yeah, but he comes back a couple times. Originally, they they had like an adult figure, like in the first season, that's kind of boring, and they get rid of him, and Spike and Drusilla stick around. You mean the mayor? Uh no, the mayor, that's the next season, isn't it? That season, I love yeah, that guy. something like that. I love that, that guy. That's oh what God. that's people, what real evil looks like. People yeah. are gonna be so pissed that we were just like, oh yeah, Dawson's Creek started. Anyway, let's talk for half an hour about this episode. Uh, <laughs> Buffy's Buffy. awesome. Buffy rules, dude. <laughs> I love Buffy. Uh, this is also the first time that we learn that Xander retained his military training from when he was a <laughs> on right. on Halloween. He got turned into an army that guy because he was dressed like one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he has that knowledge. But we have a clip of Oz. Before this, Oz didn't know about all the crazy stuff that happens but yeah. we actually get to see him learn it in this clip hey did everybody see that guy just turn to dust oh uh, well uh sort of yep vampires are real a lot of them live in sunnydale will wolf in i know it's hard to accept at first actually it explains a lot <laughs> <laughs> love that it's a you're great the, show living on the rim of the hell mouth son get used to it do you do you think we should talk more about dawson's creek I mean, I, I was talking about how great it is, and you guys just stared I at me. I've never seen it. <laughs> I, I literally never watched it because I just thought, oh, great, teen or drama is going to be overwrought, and people are just going to be like, don't you care about me anymore? And it would just be like 90210 with better That's exactly what with it like is. With better cinematography. It did birth yeah. the Vanderbeet crying uh, meme. It did. That- <laughs> yeah, well, it deserves credit. If it gave Michelle Williams a gig, I'm cool with that because mm-hmm. she's an incredibly talented actor. Mm-hmm. Well, we can bring uh, it up in the next segment. Yeah, we uh, will. The Last Showman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moving out of television games, extremely notable. Resident Evil 2 debuts worldwide. Biohazard 2, if you're in Japan, but Resident Evil 2 solidifying it as a franchise and one of the biggest franchises in all gaming. Mm -hmm. And here we sit in 2018, and if if I'm not mistaken, the remake is going to pick up. You're going to see a lot more news about that this year. This game is now being remade. Uh, modern version of just Resident Evil 2 because of how well it's received. It it's a lot of people's mm-hmm. favorite. It's bizarre that I guess RE1 has already had a remake, so it, yeah, RE2 getting a modern remake this year, 20 years later. Yeah, uh, and they but, also had like it, you're 
you're right, it's 20 years later, and mm-hmm. one of their biggest games, mm-hmm. uh, one of their biggest critical hits came out this year. Yeah, following just two years after the original Resident Evil, it just seems strange where there's a time where there's only one Resident Evil, and that yeah. was last week. Uh, and, <laughs> and, but yeah, Resident Evil 2, out, I think, may, I can't, I, it can't be the highest selling version of the series because one and four have been resold so many times yeah uh, but uh, two is about to get it to do it's a lot of people's favorite like a lot of people that mention especially in a world pre mm-hmm. four uh you know in the whole mm-hmm. redo i remember a lot of people saying that two is the best yeah that or code veronica i hear that a lot well i think code veronica is a good intermediary between four and yeah, one yeah. but uh but which kind of makes it not hold up as well yeah so like when you try and play it now you're like oh, totally. you're, you're trying too much uh and but that is that wraps up the 1998 of our january 19th to the 25th segment uh, did we want to close out with something else or this thing you highlighted i, I would like to close out with this because like i said johnny no, halliday the frelvis mm-hmm. uh just passed <laughs> away and you know what's more fun than anything is hearing a familiar song in a foreign language mm-hmm. so if you would like to hear his version of the twist viens danser the twist Holy shit. Then we go Come on, baby. Right, enough of me. We will see like you. Like we did it last Bastille Day. John Halliday, we will see you in 2008, folks. Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of January 19th through 25th was the one movie I knew was coming up in 1943 and I was... Oh, I'm itching to talk about. I'm gonna try to not just spend like two hours talking about this movie. January 23rd, 1943 saw the wide release, not the actual premiere, but the wide release of Casablanca. Fucking yeah! The second I said that, by the way, uh, simultaneously, Matt and Chris are just sitting off to the side. They both perked up like, oh? Like, you know, like I said, walkies? Um, so, what can I say about this? Well, it's there's a little confusion about when this actually came out because it debuted in 42, um, which my parents went to a screening and they learned and could then tell me that uh, it was because World War II was going on and uh, there was actually fighting around Casablanca, so it was in the news. So they rushed this movie out to capitalize on it. But it actually went wide in 43. Eventually it will win Best Picture and it will deserve it because if you haven't seen Casablanca yet, I don't know what I have to tell you Um, because there is a reason it is a beloved classic that has stood the test of time now at its 75th anniversary. Um, Let's start with... It's funny. No one ever mentions that. People think of it as a goopy romance. It is absolutely not a goopy romance. It's funny as hell. A lot of great one-liners. Great performances uh, from Humphrey Bogart being, like, the coolest dude ever. Claude Rains, who is also, well, he's the second coolest dude ever, but he's he's the funny, snappy guy. Uh, We got Peter Lorre being the most Peter Lorre he can be. And Ingrid Bergman looking just like, God, she's the most beautiful woman ever. Oh my, every time there's a close-up of her, I just go, why can't my skin be so milky smooth? Um, Yeah, it's just, it's an all-around great movie. Uh, Got, yeah, fun characters, interesting setup, uh, uh, an interesting story, great dialogue. 
It's a great date movie. It's a great family movie. There's just, there's something for everyone in it, okay? Just because it's black and white doesn't make it boring. For crying out loud, if you haven't seen Casablanca, I just don't understand you, except that you are willfully denying yourself entertainment. So that's everyone's assignment this week. Go watch Casablanca. I'm going to watch it for probably like the 15th time. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. I love this song. Coming yeah. in with MGMT's Kids, which I remember when the decade closed out. Outcast's Hey Ya was named best pop song of the 2000s, and Ooh. I would... Fine, but MGMT's Kids is... I don't, I don't know any other... Barely any other songs by the band, but I love Kids. Isn't Hey Ya the best pop song of eternity? It's one of the best, it so that's why I won't... I don't deny song. it its place, uh, but Hey uh, but Kids is right up there. Yeah, yeah. And has two great music videos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I think they, they didn't have the budget to film their own, so a bunch of college kids did. And MGMT is oh. like, this is official. This is just going to be our video. <laughs> and then later on when they got money, they made a really expensive, horrifying video that's amazing about yeah. a, just scaring a kid for like three whole minutes. <laughs> uh, I love this. I love wow. the song. I've kids. never seen either of those, but I love that song. should totally oh, check both yeah. of them out. Um, but Low by Flo Rida and T-Pain is still number one. Uh, but new releases in the future by Black Mountain, Champion by The Audition, Starting Now by Chuck Wicks, Unfamiliar Faces by Matt Cosa, and Oblivion Beckons by Byzantine. Yep, and Oracular Spectacular by MGMT or Management, if mm -hmm. you want to call them that. The, How do you say that? Is there an official product? I've heard Management, yeah. but I've, I've also heard MGMT. So. I'm not around anyway, so it might not matter. Yeah, I mean, I'm old. I can say whatever I want. Exactly. <laughs> Diana's old. Leave her alone, people. Make them... Don't bother on unless in a nerd. Yeah, I'm going to call her Migment. Uh, and in the tragic side of the news, so, uh, well, we're in 2008, January 19th to the 25th. I, I, oh. I decided not to put this in amongst the deaths, but in the news, because I mm -hmm. think we all heard this and went, what? what? Yeah. Yes. Two of my friends Shocking. came to my house to tell me Heath Ledger was dead. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, we, I remember we were working in our nerd office mm -hmm. uh, with your husband and working on a kind of a newsy pop culture site, and it just everybody stopped what they were doing because like at that point the dark knight was the most anticipated film of all time like what, yeah. what the fuck this looks great and what is the and like i remember the studio panicking like no no he's done he's done relax uh, mm. let's 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 celebrate this man who just died and it's just such a fucking tragic death it, yeah it's one of those that makes me angry yeah i am angry that we have been denied the next 40 years of Heath Ledger it, performances. When Brokeback Mountain came out, I think I was among the many who were like, Heath Ledger can act? Like, I thought he was just yeah. a pretty boy. Oh, no, you see, I, I was ready for it because I saw Monster's Ball, where he has a okay. smaller part, yeah. but he's fantastic. And mm -hmm. so after, like, Knight's Tale and 10 Things I Hate About You, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, he's just some pretty <laughs> boy, Patriot. teen or guy, whatever. <laughs> Boring. And then I saw Monster's Ball, and like, oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, he, arguably... He can act. And then Brokeback Mountain is a fucking masterpiece. Mm -hmm. This could be the event that sets up the reason why the ten biggest movies of the year are superhero movies now. Mm -hmm. Like, it, like a lot of the success of this movie 
was really based on like we got to see what this dude's last performance yeah. was and mm-hmm. and then it was a really great movie with an amazing performance so it deserved yeah. all the pro- not the imaginarium dr parnassus that is oh total I shit um, i meant dark knight i know i, know. <laughs> I hate the Imaginarium I dr like parnassus it. you like it i hate I that movie do. i think it's bad but i also love bringing it up now because mm-hmm. Heath ledger died couldn't complete imaginarium of dr parnassus which was supposed to be terry gilliam's comeback and because terry gilliam is not allowed to finish a film nope. mm-hmm. the gods will not allow it <laughs> so johnny so depp johnny colin depp Farrell. jude law and colin farrell came in to play him in the sequences he hadn't finished which were luckily kind of dream fantasy sequences yeah but it's still like always on your mind that like heath wasn't there to finish these yeah. scenes mm-hmm. and i only think it's ironic because in the new uh, Harry Potter film franchise, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, Colin Farrell and, and Colin Farrell and uh, Johnny Depp play the same person again mm-hmm. um, <laughs> for oh like no reason, God, which sucks. Right. It's so stupid. They should have. They should have like gone. The next one should have been like, oh, that was a trick at the end of that movie. I'm you, still Colin Farrell. How did you get a legitimate act like Colin Farrell on board for like? And then we replace you with John, Johnny Depp. Yeah, <laughs> we replace I, you with a wife beater who is not as cool uh, as you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah so. I'm just, I'm just so fucking mad. Please, please go watch the Brokeback Mountain and uh, yeah. and Monsters Ball and The Dark Knight. It's still, it's so. It much, got Heath Ledger his only Oscar. It's so mm-hmm. much better Posthumous than it ever Oscar. should have been. It's fantastic. It's a legitimately great film. If you edited out all the action scenes and costume scenes, you still have a really good thriller. Beautifully constructed. Yes. Like it is fantastic. Watch it again. Someone recently, I love showing it to my dad and like this is fucking gorgeous. Like I know, right? <laughs> this is what all superhero movies are. They took no. That truck over. No, no, no. Yeah. They are not all like this. Um, but Heath Ledger dead from an accidental overdose yeah. and uh, I guess a popular problem around this time Michael Jackson uh, mm. over prescription mm-hmm. doctors who can't say no to their celebrity patients it wasn't Heath Ledger being a drug addict no. it was him being prescribed things that are probably yeah. a little too heavy for him well he had like Michael Jackson he said he had really bad insomnia where mm-hmm. like he could take an Ambien and it would get you like an hour and a half wow. like okay yeah you have big problems you should probably be careful with the pharmaceuticals then because i know when you got insomnia real bad i've been there where it's just like i'm just mm-hmm. gonna take one of everything and something's yeah. gonna work and i had a situation where i couldn't sleep through did. multiple nights and like yeah i don't care if i die at this yeah. point I'm i just want to go to sleep yeah i just want to go to sleep i'm mm-hmm. taking this maybe i'll see you tomorrow morning um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there was some mixing and matching in there, and that uh, that got him only twenty eight. Only twenty eight years old. Fuck it, it's just it's a fucking baby. Just tragic, man. Um, mm. Also tragic. Oh my god, that's how old I am now. Uh, number number one of the box office in two thousand eight, January nineteenth to twenty fifth. No, this is a shocking sentence to say. I'm assembling an army of three hundred to go to war with Persia. I'm going to take them in the rear. <laughs> Reach around. I take them again from the front. <laughs> The Oracle said that our painted on abs look fake. What? <laughs> From the guys who saw 300. Ew. You've got happy feet. Comes the next big oh, ever comedy. That's <laughs> I can't. It's... They're literally yelling out the thing. Oh, that, they yell, it yells, Transformer, you've got happy feet. 
This, this is, is awful. Is it Meet the Spartans? Meet, Meet the Spartans. Spartans. I did not see this. I have I still it on yet Blu-ray. To see it. Why? What? what are you doing? Because. Not when, even HD DVD. When I worked in the same building as PlayStation, the official magazine, I got sent I every it. Blu-ray, and I just uh, would take them because no yeah. one wanted them. Stealing it's fine. Yeah, I stole it. I didn't pay uh, for it. I have not seen this, so to this, to this point, Epic Movie is the worst film I've ever sat all the way through. Mm. I believe wow. that. And I've watched bad movies to watch so, bad movies. So glad Leslie Nielsen was too dead to do this. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, still did scary movie three. Even in this trailer, they basically say, "Here's we're taking the idea of three hundred. Here's the three hundred guys, and then they're going to go fight a bunch of pop culture shit you've seen from trailers." Mm. They well, that's the thing; they're parodying trailers. They're trying to parody the zeitgeist by trying to predict it. And how long ago was three hundred at this point? Less than a year. Less than a year. Yeah, we talked about it in uh, in '07. Okay, still. Um, yeah. Still, but it's not like the same week at this point, just, you know? Yeah. Dude, the cast, a cast top-lined by Kevin Sorbo yep. and Carmen Electra and yep. the other guy from Borat. Yep. <laughs> Unbe- unbelievable. Unbelievable. This Do I even think existed. dresses like Borat in the movie? I'm sure he does. Uh, I'm sure they does. have to throw back to it somehow. Um, yeah, yeah, these these are are not they got the Seltzerberg Seltzer, movies. Fry, Seltzer Freiberg, Freiberg, uh, Jason Freiberg, Fre- and Fre- 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 Aaron Seltzer. Seltzer yeah. And they're like dads or famous producers or something. Yeah, that's how they get the money. They're, they have negative amounts of humor, and the fact that anyone went to see this when there's still good stuff in the theaters, mm-hmm. you bastards. And they make these movies for like a hundred grand, yeah. and they make like not even that much money. They make like twenty to thirty million dollars, and it's still they're like they made fifty times what it costs. They're still technically successful because yeah. they don't cost that much. Yeah. And I, you know, I, hey, I remember being a kid. Like I'll see whatever you're throwing in the theaters at me. Advertised enough on Nickelodeon MTV, I'm in there. But oh. Oh, I just hate these so much. I would mm. rather watch Jangling Keys for ninety minutes. <laughs> it, it just misses the point. Quentin on Tarantino's Jangling. Yeah. <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> fantastic movies. Jangling with a D. Fanta- <laughs> it, it misses the point of fantastic movies like Naked Gun and yes. Airplane, yeah. which are send-ups of entire genres. 300's not a fucking genre yet. It was just popular. No, uh, you could make a sword and sandal one, but yeah. they're not smart enough to well, think they, about that. They could have done a 300 parody that had jokes in it. The thing yeah. is that these movies don't have jokes in them. They just mm-hmm. go like, it's Hitchcock, uh, or Hancock, and Hancock it's, flies it's what, and hits his head. I think people like Bob and Henry think Family Guy is. But yeah. it isn't. But it's definitely uh, yeah, it's not. It's, it's a little than smarter this. than that. But that's what these movies are awful. Um, Jesus Christ! And we're still getting uh, getting movie movie music or movie uh, music movies at this yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think these have fallen way out of fashion at this point. But you yeah. two in three D, we've gotten yeah. close. Like the Metallica movie that had like a plot line wrapped around it. Huge from bomb. a couple years ago. Yeah, was it bad? I think. Well, no. I just think don't think the audience cared. Yeah. Like I don't know. The most transfixing thing to me is watch Metallica's on. Un- like uh, some kind of monster, the documentary um, about the yeah. band essentially falling apart right before the music industry does. <laughs> yeah. And like the amount of money they spend just on like therapy and hiring new people is insane in that movie. Yeah. The idea of spending millions doing nothing in a studio. But there studio. are really good concert movies. Totally. There are some that, like yeah. Rolling when, Stones. When was uh, the last big one though? Because I mean, that, we, like, uh, the it, Dave Chappelle one, does that count? You know who, oh, Dave Chappelle's Black Party kind of counts. You know who watches those movies? Our parents, and that's yeah. pretty much that's like twenty percent of PBS is like live <laughs> concert movies, and none of, none of us watch them. That's true, but I mean, we've had like last year we had like Sign of the Times. That's mm-hmm. a fucking great concert movie. Mm, yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess well, Rolling Stones. Oh, just, didn't Justin Bieber have a couple? Oh yeah, you're right, Justin. Bieber. They were probably pretty big. Oh, Shine yes. a Light. Yeah. Oh, there's Shine a Light, which mm-hmm. is more of a documentary, mm. though. But. Uh, I was oh, speaking of. I finally watched a pop star never stop, never stopping. Oh, you did! <laughs> it's it really was, great. It did you like it? I really it. great. I just watched it again. Except more Joan Cusack. <laughs> yes. Anyway. 
But, Moving on to uh, overshadowing the U two movie, the deal with Meg Ryan, Jason Ritter, and LL Cool J. Never fracking I heard of it. Never did either. Um, and then we also have I love Jason Ritter. Untraceable. It's a movie <laughs> with Diane Lane and Colin Hanks. I have never heard of it. Oh, never I, heard of it. I've forgotten about it till I watched the trailer. Is this real? We're streaming live. Just when you thought you've seen it all. Oh yeah. Do you see that box? It regulates the amount of fluid going into the victim. So the more people visit the site, the faster he bleeds. That's right. This website's like nothing we've ever seen before. It's untraceable. Oh, untraceable. Mm-hmm. You they call this the guy. title, you wins the movie. PewDiePie. <laughs> <laughs> so what's this about? There's um, a YouTuber who's filming uh, suicide victims. Yeah, in the yeah. he's killing a guy. And the more people who view it, the faster they die. Uh, and he's, oh, untraceable. Uh, well, I've never <laughs> heard of this fucking movie. Yeah. Uh, but I remember that, that it, it came and went. But I more want to talk about this movie. Mm-hmm. I would love to talk about this next The movie. Resurrection <laughs> of Sly Stallone. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this fu- when was Rocky Balboa? Was this before Rocky Balboa? Oh, I guess it was. After Rocky Balboa. It was like 06, 05, yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, Stallone turning to his, returning to his old characters and direct, writing and directing these films, becoming this weird auteur period in Stallone's <laughs> life. But here we have the Rambo 4, otherwise known as just Rambo. He is a legend of war. A soldier without a country. You know his name. And you know what he's capable of. Rambo. So that those titles get so confusing. Yeah. First yeah. Blood, First Blood 2 Rambo. Creed. Uh, <laughs> yes, they keep getting more and more confusing. Creed two, Rocky eight. So first, um, first blood is one of those movies. Uh, it's like uh, Saturday Night Fever or mm-hmm. Rocky or a lot of these movies that you know people today think they know, but mm. if you haven't seen it in a long time, Rambo's if you fantastic. if you just yeah, like if you just know it as the parodies, you think it's that. Or movie. sorry, first blood is fantastic. first blood is not what people people are thinking of Rambo three when they think yeah. they know first blood. It's a tragedy. This movie is like. In between, mm-hmm. where like he, it has something on its mind, mm-hmm. but he's also in that big minigun blowing up dudes like blood CGI blood. Packs. I have oh. never seen that much on-screen oh violence, and I love That's crazy. I love talking about the villain in the movie because he is a genocidal, baby-burning pedophile. It is like the worst, the worst aspect he's a of pedophile? all of you. Yes, is that he, in like, the text of the film. Yes, <laughs> what? Yes, he like molests little boys. Like in addition to genocide, in addition uh. to throwing a baby into a fire, he couldn't. He what couldn't he be a worse person. And, <laughs> yeah. and he kicked a puppy. And it's he, all this shit. And he wouldn't compliment your mom's cooking. And, and, and it allows the movie to be the most violent thing I've ever it seen. Is, One of the most violent things I've ever I seen. Th- I when I finally watched this on DVD, I could not believe this is not NC seventeen. Totally, it is so. Because it's CGI blood. So, so, I mean, these it's people really are shredded. Shredded. Like, there's, I don't know what to call it when a Jeep has a mounted gun turret on it and he jumps in and turns it around on the guy sitting in the Jeep and just point blank <laughs> automatic fire obliterates their faces for like a full yes. minute. It's it's crazy. Yes. It's a Because, cr- like, the Rambo movies are, I think, 
like you say, you think they're really violent. Yeah, First but, Blood. He, but they're not. Yeah, First yeah. Blood, it's, it's about a Vietnam vet who has severe PTSD, not yeah. knowing how to reassimilate into society. And the violent parts are more like Predator, where he's just trapping dudes in the yeah. woods. Which mm. one Which one does he help Al-Qaeda? Is three. That the second? Three. Is that three? Three. Yeah. Yeah. three, people think three. Three, he's just effing dudes up left and right. That's what people think. It's the same thing like you think of Rocky. You think like, dan, 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 dan. Mm-hmm. You don't think like, no, he feeds his turtles for like a half hour in that movie. <laughs> or same with Saturday Night Fever. It's like, bam, 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 like walking down the street. He's he's wearing jeans and he's going to get paint for his boss in that scene. He's not wearing the white suit. Wow. You know, and that movie has like, it has an R in it. And like, it's like a lot of stuff happens in it. Rape. A lot of stuff <laughs> happens in it that like you don't remember that because they're not in the Animaniacs parody of it. Yep. Wow. Yeah, and just the first the Carlico Pictures kind of went out of business. Rambo three at one point was one of the most expensive movies ever made because that's how big Stallone was, and it's just started kind of falling. And this is him. I, I like this period of Stallone's world, like making yeah. action movies on his own. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe maybe not everybody's gonna love my movies anymore, but I like making these. Films. Exactly. He was tell he he knew he still had an audience, mm-hmm. and he went like that's that's the same thing that the Expendables are. The Expendables. Yeah. He's like, how cool would it be if if me but and all my all friends? The, yeah, mm-hmm. we all got together on screen. It's not a great movie, but how cool is it? They're all standing on screen it's, at the same it, time. It that's seems awesome. insane. It seems like something we would have to wish and beg for. And there's three Expendable movies, mm-hmm. like with all these people who don't get top billing and to be action stars anymore, and it's. Pretty neat. Dolph and, Lundgren got a paycheck. I'm I'm in support of that. But this yep. this I thought was gonna resurrect the Rambo brand because I guess there's technically as of this year there'll have been three post Rocky Five Rocky movies and yeah. there's this is the only thing Rambo's done and the character did not die at the end of the film even though it was in the book he did mm-hmm. uh, the book Rambo dies mm. uh, but uh, yeah deviates hell hella deviates but I this movie's a it sort of falls under guilty pleasure. It's not great, yeah, but it's, it's transfixing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Th- there is so much CG blood. Yeah, which is a bummer. 10-year-old CG blood. So it's just... It looked bad at the time. It, it looked bad at the time. It looks bad now. And, and if you get it on Blu-ray and then slow down those sequences of bodies getting shredded, it looks ridiculous. <laughs> oh, God. Actually, speaking of watching it on uh, DVD or Blu-ray, mm-hmm. I forget what it was. But um, we were skipping around. We were, like, doing a best of after we'd had some beers. Like, let's go back and watch this part. Like, the part where they have to run across the field where there's all the landmines and someone's going to get blown up. And if you skip through the chapters, you, you get a fantastic uh, effect because there's one one chapter starts with the, here's a setup shot of this village mm-hmm. and he's sneaking into the village and if you just hit chapter forward it's the same camera setup but now the village is on fire and exploding <laughs> <laughs> and Julie Benz is in it yeah uh, trying to get off a TV yeah yeah and the first time I remember a is it Burma is the, lo- yeah. the location for the film? Even though I don't know if it's shot there, but I just I'm never really sure heard it's of not. the country of Burma. <laughs> I love Burmese food. Um, well, Burma's been fucked up for a couple decades, so yeah. you yeah. can say whatever you want about him, kind of. Yeah, the movie did well. was a pretty legitimate success. Uh, $50 million made more than double its money back in the domestic box office. I'm, I'm sh- kind of shocked we never, in 10 years, there hasn't been, Rambo hasn't been revisited. It's, it's- gory as it is mm-hmm. it's actually i still think it's better than i, I expected it to be. yeah yeah i think it's completely fun oh it's wait let me fine. see what how did the critics respond to this this because oh, rambo was kind of a a punching bag for a long oh, time a joke. yes um in uh there's a family matters episode where uh the son whose name i can't remember right now he wants to leave and not babysit and go to see the rambo movie marathon they're having at a party and the grandmother says, uh, or he had to leave the party during Rambo 2, and she was like, Rambo barely blows anyone up in that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, New York Times A.O. Scott says, Stallone is smart enough, or maybe dumb enough, though I tend not to think of him as dumb, to present the mythic dimensions of the character without apology or irony. 
Uh, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> welcome back, nice. Rambo. Nice. Uh, didn't didn't got a thirty seven percent rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is unfair. But this is not the kind yeah. of movie that critics like. Yeah. Uh, but it, and it's I I haven't watched it in a while. I'm interested in revisiting I, it. And I, I really would am. say it, I mean it might just be the second best Rambo movie yeah. just in my process of elimination. Wow. <laughs> I mean the second one, uh, Ram, or Rambo colon First Blood First part Blood Part Two, two. <laughs> you know is is where it all goes so stupid because the idea of like yeah we're gonna go back and refight Vietnam and win. Yeah. That's the bullshit I can't stand. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we got to move out of t- we got to move out of movies of uh, 2008. But let's get into January 19th in the 25th through the 25th of television. Yeah, there's a couple things I want to knock out before we talk about the big thing. Yeah. Uh, this, is, this is the wonderful theme for Codename Kids Next Door. Uh, Surprise! You know I've never seen this. You've never seen this show? Well, it was a totally been, perfectly fine show. Been 28. It was yeah. the upgrade from the Rugrats, mm. where uh, they they're these kids who have a treehouse and they have all these crazy gadgets and stuff. So it's mm. like kids playing around, but they really are secret agents and all their stuff is made out of kid stuff like slingshots and, and water gun stuff. It went for six seasons uh, 78 episodes because mm-hmm. it's a cartoon so it has weird season orders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of the ones that was voted on from the Cartoon Cartoon show and yeah. got picked to, so like an actual creator is involved and wants to make a, a great show. Wow. It's ran, perfectly fine. Ran for six seasons. Yeah, kids doing secret agent stuff. It's cool. Oh, and then great. you start okay. to learn like the conspiracy of like there's there's kids next doors all around the world and they have this <laughs> global network. Uh, it's very James Bondy Mission Impossible. It's fun. Uh, also on the 21st, The Land Before Time, the series, ends the after hell? one season of 26 episodes. Play the shittiest theme in the world. All I see is the day in front of us. Burning bright with a newborn sun. Come This is incredible. Land Before Time is one of my favorite animated films of the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And they are presenting like 16 characters I have no familiarity with. <laughs> yeah. There are so many unwatched. I can't believe I love this movie so much. And I have about 20 unwatched hours of Land Before Time <laughs> yeah, entertainment. I think there's 13 movies in this yes. show or something like that. Wow. I said it in a video such balls, once. Such balls of like turned Land Before Time into this weird franchise. The movie is beautiful. And I think Lion Tom King Luke. borrows more than a little. Uh, from that movie. Yes, yeah, so I was just going to say, this theme is learning yeah. the wrong lessons from The Lion King. Yeah, uh, but Land Before Time, the show, what yeah. did that air on? I have no I couldn't figure it out. It's. it's I think it was syndicated. Who cares? Mm. Uh, <laughs> but on the 20th, Breaking Bad premieres. Yay. Holy crap, 10 years of Breaking Holy Bad. Uh, in which we had five seasons and 62 episodes. And again, this is another breakthrough for television. Because I don't yeah. a huge remember deal. the story behind it. Like, it was just made like we're gonna make this fucking show and hope HBO buys it and if you've watched it on AMC you know there's like blurred tits and like mm-hmm. censored swear words you drop the volume out when someone says the F word yeah because like it was supposed to air on a different network but instead AMC got interested following its success with Mad Men and mm-hmm. I, I, like and people started making premium style shows for adults and like kind of breaking the boundaries of what cable basic cable thought was appropriate uh, and I can't think of a it's it, you know Breaking Bad is a good show. Everybody knows that. Yeah. But we don't need to pitch you Breaking even Bad. Even better than you think it is if you haven't seen it. It's fantastic. Yes. It is. All so your white friends telling good. you to watch it all the time. They're right. And just <laughs> I, I didn't even know that. I was just watching, uh, reading about Star Wars, and that you know Ryan Johnson directed some of the better episodes of Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. including Osmandius. It's a fantastic. Yep. 
that series is the series is so good, so wonderfully finite. Doesn't waste your fucking time at all. Mm-hmm. It's like if the Coen Brothers made a really good TV show. Man, Vince Gilligan rules. Yeah, created um, by Vince Gilligan, who was a writer and producer on the X Files, yeah. uh, which is where he met the star of Breaking Bad. Like, because they just filmed. Yeah. A, a, uh, I remember Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston, because they shot that episode where Brian Cranston played a guy whose head was going to explode and, if and he slowed down. Is just among us now as like a cool actor that everybody loves, but he was like an unsung comedic. Well, he's had trouble following this up, but yeah, yeah but he's just but, he's in everything now. Yeah. But he before this, artist. he was the funny he's, dad on Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, this I clearly clearly remember opening up a magazine and seeing an ad for this and the mm-hmm. ad is him standing in front of the Winnebago mm-hmm. in his underwear with, with, no pants his underwear with mm-hmm. a gun mm-hmm. and being like the hell am I looking at <laughs> I, mean, even I, like, you... I showed it to my husband like the dad from Malcolm in the Middle has gun and no pants <laughs> and this is a show what is and what even the like, fuck kind of show is this? Through the pilot and like a large chunk of the first season, you're like, oh, this I can see this going. It's like a really dark comedy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's you do not see it going to where it goes yeah, from yeah. the beginning. I thought how interesting because the first season's only six episodes, and it's like, how the fuck is this? How am I going to be able to watch this for multiple seasons? And the turn it takes mm-hmm. is very Sopranos esque. Like you got to melt some man. I'm going to force your face in this this loving man in the first season turning into the worst human being of all time. Yep. And it, I I really like it. I have some problems with the ending. It's also astonishing. It's one of those shows that everybody's seen is so well regarded that so many people came out of the show with like fucking brand new careers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even remember. Chris, is it Kristen Ritter? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Jessica Jones, yeah. like she's in the show. Uh, I just watched uh, Black Mirror, the first, the debut episode. That guy kind of made famous on Breaking There's Bad. There's two Breaking Bad actors in that episode. Are there really? There's a voice cameo by, uh, I don't want to spoil it, but by another Breaking Bad actor. Oh, I, didn't, I did not know that. You didn't, you didn't uh, Aaron the King Paul of Space. would go on to star in 11 billion commercials. Yeah. Xbox, yeah. bitch. Need for Speed. Vitamin Water, yo. Hey, Bojack Horseman, man. Bojack, Bojack Horseman, great. on which he's he is a producer. On, he, great on I think he has four Hulu shows that no one watches. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah so. if you and it ha- gave us Jonathan Banks back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay. Uh, and uh, oh, man, Gus uh, oh, Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito, so I goddamn guess. good. And so Better Call Saul, good. by the way, is so fucking good too yeah. for yep. completely different reasons. I feel like nobody watches that. I feel, I don't hear anybody talking about it, but I also think. Like Breaking Bad, it's almost hacked to talk about it being good. Maybe of that's course it, it yeah. Is. Just no one yeah. wants to bring it up. It of course it is. Like and if, if, you, if you bounced... It's just odd. They take the tension and the pacing and the beauty of Breaking Bad and put it in this show that's kind of, almost not really a legal drama. Mm-hmm. But it's the same. Yeah. It is the totally. same. But it's not... But on such a smaller scale. On, with the stakes clearly not the same. Yeah. It's the reason, like, Bob Odenkirk is in The Post. He's like, he's yeah. in a Spielberg <laughs> movie. Like, Bob Odenkirk, like, we had One known him... One of my favorite people in the universe. Yeah, now we, the world knows him. I love it. He was a awesome sketch comedian mm-hmm. that's all we really knew even though he had been an actor in other things but like he was known as like an SNL writer who had Bob and David tiny ass mm-hmm. parts though yeah like so tiny I remember I was I saw the movie Monkey Bone because he was billed <laughs> in the movie oh but he has God. no words he's just a doctor who runs around and points throughout the entire film yeah <laughs> I, I love Bob Odenkirk and he turns in just a, such a great performance and I remember he was in an interview like well, how the hell did you end up on this show and like I, I asked Vince Gilligan that too like why did you cast me <laughs> why did you think I could act and he said oh Mr. Show I loved yeah. you on Mr. Show I thought you could do it and, and like he, it's but it's just not that kind of performance and he's fucking fantastic as yeah. Saul uh, really because you don't need a criminal lawyer you need a criminal yeah. lawyer <laughs> he's fantastic just so good uh, and I, I don't know. Do you need us to tell tell you more about Breaking Bad? Is this from the uh, 
From the clip or from the debut episode? No, it's not, but this is one of the biggest clips. Oh, I know what it is. Who are you yeah. talking to right now? Who is it you think you see? Do you know how much I make a year? I mean, even if I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Do you know what would happen if I suddenly decided to stop going into work? A business big enough that it could be listed on the NASDAQ goes belly up. Disappears. It ceases to exist without me. No, you clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am not in danger, Skyler. I am the danger. A guy opens his door and gets shot, and you think that of me? No. I am the one who knocks. And the alt-right movement was born. A lot of white men who were disenfranchised, uh, who thought, I have a guy to look up to on television like this, and Tony Soprano, and Rick from Rick and Morty, I can be like them. I don't mean to put that on the show, but the anti-hero movement is definitely what led Donald Trump being president. Anna Gunn fucking sucks. I should tell her she's a fucking bitch, because I don't like her character. Because she's incredible and powerful and awesome. Because she's in the worst situation ever, and she's behaving in a pretty, actually, believable and normal way. Don't bring drug money into my house with our children and our baby please not corrupt our lives Mm -hmm. please but i i do remember because for some reason i remember being at one of my first like barbecues in san francisco before i really had any friends (laughs) and somebody mentioned it after the first episode so i was on board from the first episode the transition of walter white was so fucking gradual i didn't really notice it Mm -hmm. until Mm -hmm. maybe the scene we just played i think season two was when i jumped on he is such a he's you root for him like a motherfucker for like two years. Yeah, because you're like, he's a nice guy trying to help his family and he's bumbling and he falls into a lot. In the beginning, he does fall ass backwards in a lot of this stuff and then eventually he is a super villain. And I yeah. remember Vince Gilligan saying, like, what are you, where's the series going? Like, oh, I'm just turning a school teacher into Scarface. And I'm like, I didn't take him seriously. Mm-hmm. I thought we were going to continue to root for Walter White and his drug money. To, and then... <laughs> Cancer goes away. Like it goes. Like there's no reason for you to be acting like this or yeah. doing all of this. What the fuck is wrong with you? And Vince Gilligan, another thing he was on the forefront mm-hmm. of, which is as DVDs and DVD special features started mm-hmm. to die over the course of this show, he was one of those guys who was out front. Who like he started a podcast where yeah. every week when the show came on, he and the writers and producers oh. and actors just like the Talking Dead stuff. His, they did his, it on their own. His Southern twang is so fucking charming. And he's yeah. so smart. <laughs> he I talks love like this. Like his voice is so. <laughs> I and I'm just. Gonna have to recommend that episode of Community where they play the VHS board game and yeah. he plays the cowboy in it. <laughs> now turn the page, bang! <laughs> so, love you. Wait, no, that wasn't. That was him. Yeah, that okay. was him. That was meant to go. Quits his job at Apple to do a VHS board game. <laughs> uh, that that shows wonderful as well. But people, I know this is on uh, Netflix right now and probably will be throughout the end of time. Or you buy that uh, the giant barrel, barrel full it's of Blu-ray. One of the last shows with a great DVD box set. Like it yeah. really is. It celebrates the show. I haven't bought it personally but i i don't know why i know this it is one of the few shows on netflix that you can watch in 4k mm. so if you have a new 4k television you got one for christmas check out this fucking show stream you will love okay it okay in 4k uh i think i don't know what new net neutrality is going to shake out like but i know it's not going to like streaming 4k entertainment to yeah. our televisions mm. uh, I we'll mean, see how that goes oh yeah a lot of providers already want to throttle netflix so yeah, when they're so legally I allowed to cannot some of the 4k service i looked into a few years ago like you can watch 4k entertainment if you download two-thirds of it on your hard drive before you start viewing the movie mm-hmm. uh yeah it, you give nfl 200 dollars a month <laughs> Uh, yes, unbelievable. I love that we get to talk about Breaking Bad. Yeah, Great I figured show. we'd want to just throw most of the Breaking Bad talk in here, because otherwise, 
the next six weeks, we could mm-hmm. talk about every episode of Breaking Bad. We might as well just start a spinoff show about very, very, Talking very Bad. Good. Get started on it, people. Do not yeah, hesitate. It's a good show. It's, it's so many people tell you to watch something, you just kind of go, I know, I know, I'll get it. It's like, okay, I get the main references now, just from pop culture, not, so I don't need yeah, to watch that's it. That's why I haven't watched The Wire. Yeah, just... I will. You, you really should. And like you were saying, with the evolution of him, you know, gradually mm-hmm. becoming terrible... You, it, it's amazing when you watch it, like you binge it. Yeah. Because I, I think I binged the first two seasons, I had to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, as you're binging it and you watch like three episodes at once, mm-hmm. and then you stop and realize, wait, how many people is he responsible for killing now? Mm-hmm. That guy and that guy. That guy's kind of responsible and that guy. And it's like, it's, you get that same feeling of the gradually, oh yeah, shit, he's Yeah, I forgot how terrible. much he did. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Even but, when there's when there's no pause to think about, like, oh, he's just a nice guy, except for last week. But it's a, like, oh. you just burn through it and you can see it change so It's astoundingly clever and a, such a superbly written show that you don't see most of the shit coming. It, yeah. It's just so tense. There's not a bad episode of the well, entire the thing, show. It always zigged when you thought it was going to zag. That's yeah. why people hated the finale, which was mm-hmm. like, no, this is just a the ending this show needs. It's exactly the yeah, ending that it, that it, it should have. Yeah. Um, it, it's just, I wish it was one of my favorite endings to a television show, whereas, mm-hmm. you know, Sopranos... Was, the, that's impossible. But but that's, no that's the thing. If you have a show you do like that's not on HBO, you have Breaking Bad to think because it <laughs> yeah. pushed the boundaries of what was allowed on basic cable in a good way. It's a chapter of that book I mentioned earlier, Alan Seppenwall's okay, uh, yeah. The Revolution Was Televised. Of course, there's a whole one about Breaking Bad. Watch Breaking Bad, people. That's all we'll say about that. And um, Codename Kids Next Door. <laughs> you can find it. And The Land Before Time. 2008, of course, we do have those goddamn video games. Big year. I was working in games at the time with uh, Michael's husband, Michael. This is a or, big three Diana's games. husband, Michael. Uh, these are big games. Is this the last game in the Advance Wars series? That's depressing to think about. Advance Wars, That's, Days of Ruin. Yeah, hopefully Nintendo will reinvigorate this franchise at some point. It's it, also not the best entry in the series. Great um, music, though. But it's good. Yeah. It's still... I mean, it's... A bad Advance Wars game is a great game. It's also bizarre to think of the last Burnout game, Burnout Paradise. Yeah. A stellar series that caused EA to acquire the studio criterion that made it. Mm -hmm. And now they work on Need for Speed games, but bringing in some of the core essentials that made Burnout great into the Need for Speed series. I still prefer Burnout. Yeah. Combining Uh, a a racing game with MMOs, sort of, like online. It's a crazy thing we've never seen redone. The arcade mid-race milestones takedowns, like, with realistic vehicles great visuals i love the burnout series as we started to see mm-hmm. games about cars sponsored by the companies that make those cars yeah. we were saying like you can't put a scratch on this thing we spent too mm-hmm. long modeling it and you paid too much for it to have burnout be like smash the fuck out of this porsche who cares <laughs> it's gonna be awesome and uh no more heroes which i guess this is the only positive tale i believe there is a new version of that uh yeah. yeah, the sequel will be out Travis Touchdown soon. starring No More Heroes. We exclusive eventually made it to other systems. Mm-hmm. I awesome. believe there's a new entry in that series. No More Heroes is fantastic. It's such an awesome game. I, mean, I wish it's the so game weird. was better because I love everything else about it. It's there, very weird, funny. There are parts of it that really hamper it, like mm-hmm. the open world and things mm-hmm. like that. But as a as a as Giant Bomb calls it, style like that game yeah, has a, a funny, style. cool game uh, yeah. that's also violent as shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cool. You save by shitting on the toilet. <laughs> it's neat. <laughs> It is neat. Look at that. You can see that in my awesome video no one watched. Gaming's greatest farty butts on <laughs> youtube.com slash laser time. Demonetized. But we will get into the death, the births and deaths of the show, but of course we've got to get our plugs out now. Uh, this show is brought to you almost entirely by the people at patreon.com slash laser time. Sign up there. Help us out for the low cost of just $5. You'll get a bunch of free stuff. 
well, free stuff, even though you paid. Uh, but exclusive podcasts, exclusive movie commentaries. We do appreciate that. And uh, 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com is where the show lives, and you can leave your comments about some of this stuff uh, that we've talked about. It is enlightening. It is beautiful. We love your comments. We occasionally do a bonus show just for our patrons celebrating your anecdotes and comments because they're that valuable and that fun. Love them. What were you doing when your friend said, hey, we should go watch Meet the Spartans? Like, what did you hit them with? Was it an open open hand or did you hit them with the remote control? The whole show, more more than it's about talking about these products it helps remember where you were and what your life was like when these came came out because you yeah. know we weren't paying close enough attention to our lives to know exactly where we were at this moment and that's what a lot i love the anecdotes like that like i was working at a movie theater when that came out that guy who said he was working at a movie theater when austin powers came out and was forced to dress up as austin oh powers like i love shit like that tell me all of it people mm-hmm. yeah um, baby yeah, baby. Uh, 3020.net or lasertimepodcast.com. Of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to follow us there, be notified when new shit comes up. Uh, and yeah, Laser Time is our other show. It's like this, but topic-based, multimedia-infused, a little research-heavy with some uh, light humor from a bunch of people, you, you know, the people you like right, mm-hmm. hearing right now. And uh, Video Game Apocalypse, the weekly video game show hosted by Mr. Diana Goodman, Michael Raparez, and Talking mm-hmm. Simpsons, a weekly chronological breakdown of The Simpsons. You can find all that wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening. Anything else you guys want to throw out there? YouTube.com yeah. slash Laser Time. That's click, the one. Click on that bell, and mm-hmm. you'll find out the second we put a video up or we start streaming on there. Also, uh, twitch.tv slash Laser Time. Yeah, a lot of these movies and things we talk about, we'll end up streaming with you guys, so you can chime in live with your comments, and it mm-hmm. helps us talk to all of you at the same time. Sometimes we watch one of these movies live mm-hmm. with you. Yeah, we've got to find your own copy, but we try and... Uh, Monday Night Movie, do it occasionally on Monday. Yeah, We'll see. We're Don't still- steal it from the internet. Yeah, you can do that. Don't steal that 20-year-old movie that made a billion dollars <laughs> in the box. Office. And if it's one of the movies from the 80s, there's like a 50% chance it's on YouTube for free anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Diana, where can people find you on the, the great World Wide Web? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Le Cine Nerd, mm-hmm. talking most of the classic movies and stuff. Well, cool. Probably going to continue uh, yelling about this week's classic corner and how I want accountings from all of you. I want screenshots of you watching fucking Casablanca. I'll do it. I'll totally it's do it. Great. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's have see. a party. Yeah. Let's have a Casablanca, Casablanca party. Casablanca party. Woo. Uh, it is way better than you think it is. I didn't get to chime in during that yeah. segment, but you think you know Casablanca. You don't. You don't. It's really good. It's like Citizen Kane. Like, you're like oh, this is a real movie. It can never be made <laughs> or like a again or remade at any other time. It's yep. incredibly interesting. Yeah. There's not a wasted second. It's gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, but we got to move into Diana's portion. Deaths and births, even though you spoiled your death earlier. Uh, yeah, it's the only only famous death I found for this week. It's just, yeah. just Heath Ledger. That's mm. a biggie. Uh, God damn it. But of course, that means... Oh, birthday is a doodly. The birthday quiz. It's time where uh, Diana gives us a little bit of information. we got to guess what celebrity was born this week in history. Okay. Uh, what are we talking about? Born 75 years ago this week. W- would have been 75. Okay, so this person is dead. Born January 19th, 1943. Uh, she's, uh, she has, she. It is a she. She's in the Rock Roll Hall of Fame. She has a star on the Hall on the walk, uh, Hall. No, she's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. She is a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Della um, Reese. She had... Uh, this is a, an odd but decent-sized hint. Uh, they had um, an exhibition about her at the Hall- Walk 
at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I don't know why I can't spit this out. Huh. That included a bunch of scarves and necklaces and her psychedelic painted Porsche. And Janice Joplin. There you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even get to my better clue of and blotter acid with that was <laughs> that was designed by R. Crumb. Whoa, wow. cool. There, there's your... I'm tripping on Fritz the Cat, man. Yeah, one of, <laughs> one of my absolute all-time favorites, Janis Joplin. Would have been 75. Who is uh, homaged in the film American Pop, directed mm. by Rob Bakshi, yep. who directed Fritz the Cat. Yep. And we want to thank our pals at Wondery, and once again, 302010.net or lazydentpodcast.com. You'll know everything we're doing, and you can leave your feedback there, and we encourage you to do so. Uh, we're going to close out the show with Take You There by Sean Kingston because he's on the charts this week in 08. In 08. And we will see you next week, people, with all the events 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Peace out. Sean Kingston.